a little bit different. I definitely grew a ton my first year. I learned a lot. I had to become very independent. I had to, you know, be disciplined enough to commit to my own schedule, uh, my own schedule. A lot of people don't even have a schedule, you know, so you go from being told what to do all the time and having a set schedule to absolutely being your own boss, you know. <laughs> Hey, everybody, welcome to another Rainmaker podcast. And we got an extraordinary guest for you today, Nicole Martinez. And in this video, um, we're going to be discussing what it takes to uh, help 400 families in a calendar year to hit Hall of Fame. And we'll talk through um, what that's all about. So, Nicole, thank you so much for hopping on. It's definitely a pleasure to be with you today. Thank you so much for having me. Really excited to be here. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, first and foremost, I want to give you your flowers and I want to congratulate you on hitting um, Hall of Fame and uh, protecting 400 families. What's that like to 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 kind of hit that goal? Uh, definitely feels amazing. When I first started, you know, I only had nine months to do it. So definitely <laughs> had a little bit of a time crunch, but being able to hit a goal that a lot of people work really, really hard for is definitely something amazing to do. It, it definitely feels good. All the, you know, uncertainty, stress, it's yeah. all the end. So for sure, really for sure. Yeah. So, so let, let's kind of, let's kind of start from the beginning. When okay. did you re realize that you were a little bit different and you didn't want to go to the traditional path of the nine to five or when did you transition from that and uh, go on your entrepreneurial journey into life insurance? Um, it was actually after school. So, I mean, I was 19 and um, I had lost a very close family member to mine. That was my mom mm -hmm. at the time. I was on pace to go to law school by the time I was 20. I was studying for my LSAT and in the meantime, I was waiting tables and everything like that after school. And um, it was when I was studying for my LSAT that I ran into insurance. You know, one of my friends had posted some listing about, oh, make like 100K a year or something like that. I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> something, you know, that's not as time demanding as like a waiting job and having to figure out my schedule what I, what, while I study. And during that time frame, that's when I, you know, found insurance. And once I saw what the possibilities were in the insurance industry, I took my LSAT and decided just to not pursue law school at that point anymore. So that was at 20 years old. Awesome. Awesome. And so was that your first uh, entrepreneurial endeavor? Had you tried something before? Or you just went straight from taking the LSAT right into doing life insurance? It was just right into it. Okay. I didn't have any before in sales whatsoever. That was my first sales experience. So what was that decision making process? Because I feel like um, a lot of people um, that are, are younger, they're at this chasm too, where it's, you know, one of those things where uh, my parents want me to go to school so I can make them proud. Um, right. and I don't want to let them down and, you know, you know, they, they've worked hard or I, I need to, to, to get this certification in order to go in the real world and get a good job. So what was that decision making? Like how difficult was for you to, to make that decision? What all played a factor into that? It was, it was a tough decision. So ever since I was like eight years old, I had told my mom, I want to be an attorney. You know, she was an attorney in the Dominican Republic. So it was my uncle. So I came from that background. And even in school, all my classes that I took were designed to prepare me for law school. I did a double major in political science, criminal justice, everything mm. I 
never did, you know, I still watch crime shows to this day because I find them very interesting. So yeah. everything that I did was based on that. And then when it came to it, it, it was a very emotional decision just because my entire life I've told myself, you know, let me do everything so that I can work towards this goal, taking extra classes, everything. Um, so when I made that decision, I remember calling my sister and I was like, hey, I don't think I'm doing this anymore. And we met up. We were I remember we were upstairs doing cardio on like the elliptical or something. Yeah. And I just broke down. I started crying. I'm like, I I am doing this. Like I'm really doing this right now. So it was definitely a very emotional thing. And sometimes even throughout the course of the journey, I still thought, like, wow, what if I would have still been in school? What would this look like? But I'm glad I never looked back after committing to doing sales. Really, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that, because I know that's it's kind of a, <laughs> a sensitive thing to kind of discuss. But, you know, I, I know that some people are kind of worried about stepping, you know, outside of their comfort zone. And that's definitely one of those things. So looking back at like the person you are now, as opposed to where you were, you know, on that elliptical at that day, you know, kind of scared and everything was on the line of, of stepping out there on your own. Um, what does that turned out to, to look like for you as a person, you know, as you reflect on who you've become? Yeah, so when you grow up, just being always told what to do, always giving directions to follow, tasks, homework, you're always assigned something to do. When you decide to do everything on your own now, now you're a 1099, everything that you do depends on you, it's a little bit different. I definitely grew a ton my first year. I learned a lot. I had to become very independent. I had to, you know, be disciplined enough to commit to my own Mm -hmm. uh, own schedule. A lot of people don't even have a schedule, you know, so you go from being told what to do all the time and having a set schedule to absolutely being your own boss, you know, (laughs) being your own boss. You're like, uh, where do I do? Where do I start? But I think the biggest thing that it taught me was independence and being able to, you know, set stuff for myself, being self-sufficient and not having to depend on anyone else to tell me what to do or what schedule to follow. That was the biggest thing for me. Awesome. Awesome. So, so take me back to that, to the first, uh, 60 days of being, um, in the business, right? So, you know, coming right out of college, you know, got this academic mindset and you got to transition into this entrepreneur mindset, but you also got to make some money. And I know if you're just like me, you got the pressure on yourself that like, you want to make sure that, you know, some people are like, are you sure you're making the right decision? So you're trying to prove it to yourself. You're also <laughs> trying to prove it to your family members. So you got a lot of pressure on you to succeed in this business. And so what were the first couple of months like for you? Um, I want to say like your first 90 days in anything is really hard because that's when you really realize, is this really for me? Am I doing the right thing? Should right. I switch gears here, learning the language? I mean, even the licensing process, because I was already in school and you already know, sometimes we just wait till the last week to crash course it out. So I did my licensing in two days. I passed it on the third day. Um, got my license and then going into it, I think the hardest thing was, you know, knowing that if I don't do something, I'm not going to get paid because Mm. everything is solely depending on my performance now. So I have to make this work. Um, my biggest thing was becoming a sponge. I wanted to learn everything. I sat next to the people that were doing it. I remember one of my first bosses, I mean, he went to med school. And the satire of it all was that I, I would go into his office and see his diploma sitting on the wall and him in sales. And it's like, okay, this is not too bad, you know, and 
he comes from like an Asian background. You already mm -hmm. know, like yeah. family. I come from a Hispanic background and the family's always like, are you sure? Like you need a safe job. What are you doing? You're crazy. Like entrepreneurship. That's like, you know, not everyone makes it. So you have all that on you, like you said, yeah. but that instead of being like, you know what? You guys are right. It was more like, all right, watch this. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So it, it gave me that fire to kind of get started. Cause I'm like, well, I have my siblings that are depending on me. I have myself depending on me. And then I have a lot of people to prove wrong. So I should make this work ASAP. For sure. Yeah. So, so tell me what the, the actual like day to day was like for you, you know, in the first week, did you, did you struggle? Did you have success in the first month that you have success? I know I talked to, to Bo uh, last week and he said the first year in insurance, he struggled and then he finally figured it out. So what was that beginning journey like for you? Um, so at the time I was doing health insurance and I was working with a captive agency. So the commission or the comp structure was like a 13% comp, which was insane. <laughs> so even if I sold like a big policy, I wasn't really making all that much. Um, but I think it took me like maybe a month to sell my first deal. And I'm just over here living on savings, you know, trying to <laughs> work. But I saw what I could do. So I kind of just stuck to it. But yeah, I didn't sell my first deal till my first month, I want to say. And that was really, I guess, like it took a toll on me mentally because I'm so used to, you know, always like the top of the class. Yeah, achieving. Yeah, the academic, yeah, the, the academic celebration of I got to <laughs> right. I got to be here at A plus and getting a score where sometimes the, the gratification and being an entrepreneur is definitely delayed. And sometimes oh. the, the hard work that you do, you don't see the rewards of it for 30, 60, <laughs> 90 days down the line. So that's definitely probably was difficult for you coming from um, that that the law school world. And and not only that, but a lot of people don't realize it's just the investment part of it. Like mm. we're not taught invest in ourselves and invest in our business so you know you have your uplines telling you hey drop some money on leads and you're like why would i do that right <laughs> already going backwards on my savings why would i do that but once you understand that you have to spend money to make money the more you spend obviously you have to work your leads properly and all that but the more you make um once you get that mindset down you can be very profitable in the insurance world for sure yeah, 100 percent. And and to, to your point, I want to kind of mention that because a lot of times we're taught and, and I talk about this a lot of time when I'm doing mentorship is that all of the things that we're taught is external. You need to um, you need to invest in stocks and um, real estate. You need to uh, go to school so that you can get an uh, education and, and invest in the college that some right. teacher who's never run a business is going to teach you how to do it. But I always say that what's the number um, one investment that you can get an unlimited return on? And that's yourself. And so if you invest in yourself, the, the return and the potential is unlimited. And if we took the, the same approach and attention to detail that we invest all of these things externally, and if we just took uh, 5% of that and invested in ourselves, our, our lives would be tremendously different. Hey, I just want to break in here for just a couple of seconds. If you're a life insurance agent that wants to go from zero to 100K per month, I need you to listen up. We have a free course that you can grab right now. The link is in the description for this video. You're going to get over 30 hours of training and deep dive instruction on how you can do this. It is the best performing piece that we have 
that is absolutely free to life insurance agents to take them from where they are, 100K plus every month. Follow these instructions, grab the course. It's called Life Insurance Agent University. So in and talking about that, you know, personal development and being an entrepreneur kind of goes hand in hand because you need discipline, you need a plan and you need to 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 have a good work ethic with a strong mindset. So what's your transition been like from from coming from the academic space to what's your mindset like now, you know, being a Hall of Fame producer um, and and having that kind of status? Yeah, so um, I was an athlete growing up, so I like to think of sales being just like a sport. You have to get your reps in, which are your actions. You have to go to practice, which is just getting in front of people, presenting the product. You just have to get better. And then, you know, the more practice that you get, the better closer you become. And Mm -hmm. then Hall of Fame like you would in any sporting event, right? So um, that's how I like to think about it. And being an athlete, I knew I had to get up early. I had to get everything done before going to school. After school, I would have to, you know, go to practice, then Mm -hmm. travel you know, all this stuff. So it kind of conditioned my mind to have a set schedule. Right. So that could make all the things that I had work. So that's what I do too. You know, I try to get my workout in as early as possible to get out of the way. Lately it's been in the evening because <laughs> I've been tired these days. Okay. Um, but usually in the morning, get it out of the way, work. And then in the evening, like you said, personal development is key. I love to read. Um, so I've been reading, I've been going through courses on how to improve my craft, just learning a ton from different people that have done it and are doing it. And, you know, a lot of the times what you want to do is you look for the people that you want to become and you just watch everything that they do Mm. and pretty much that blueprint. And that's what I've been doing. So, and, um, the, the crazy part is that with where we're at right now in our agency, we have those people that are literally on our team and people that you can just reach out to and they'll be able to help you. Whereas in the past, you would have to like attend an event and ask these people questions. Like now they're literally on your phone. You can just reach out to them and be like, Hey, I just want to pick your brain on something. What does your everyday look like? Yeah. Right? 100%. Yeah. And, and I think that you hit on an amazing point that I want to kind of drive home, which is success leaves clues. And uh, one of my mentors, Russell Brunson, said that uh, if you want the easiest path to success is to find somebody that was where you are um, right right now and has gone to where you want to be and model them. And a lot of times, um, you know, and I'm talking about mindset, sometimes we have a poor mindset and we have this big ego that we can just figure it out on our own. And that's a lot of times why most people struggle. So why were you smart enough to know that you didn't need to figure it out? You just needed to find the right person that was having success and just follow them. Yeah. And you'd be surprised because our, I guess like humans, we have this like human exceptionalism that we want to figure it all out and we want to do it all. And we want to get the credit. You know, we, we all go through that. Self-made. Yeah. You know, we all go through that. So I, I got this blueprint. I'm like, literally do this, nothing else. And I know I'm over here being a very creative person. I'm like, well, what about this? What about that? Shot myself in the foot, never doing that again. And I learned my <laughs> So, I mean, the don't reinvent the wheel. If it works and it's not broken, don't try to fix something that literally works every single day. Um, so that was like the biggest thing for me. It was just like kind of like taking my experience away, being humble, 
um, and, and being able to learn something new. Because, yeah, they say you can't teach an old dog new tricks, but you absolutely can if the dog is open-minded <laughs> and wants to actually learn. So, you know, your mind's like a parachute. It only works when it's open. Yeah, 100 percent. So so let's go back. First 90 days um, is kind of a struggle for you. When did it actually click? What was that moment, that defining moment for you where you're like, OK, I think I've got it. And if I can put a couple things together, um, I think I can make a career out of this and make a bunch of money. It was a mindset shift. So it went from being a salesperson like I'm going to make a sale. I'm going to do this. Like I'm going to sell this person, make this commission. Like once you take the transaction part of it out and you actually focus on the person that you're speaking to and you don't think, okay, I'm making a sale, but instead of, you know, I'm helping someone's child go to college. I'm helping someone's grandma get buried. I'm helping someone's mom, you know, do, do this and that. And it's like, once you actually take that sales transaction out of it and you make it more personable and you treat these people like they're literally your family, mm. everything changes. You wow. sound different. You attract better. It. I can't explain what it is, but that mindset shift changed the game for me. Like, mm. I now you know clients will check on me and be like, "Hey, I haven't heard from you." I'm like, "Good," you know, because with life insurance, I don't want to hear from your family in years. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't want to, you know, get the news that you're no longer here. But you know, for Christmas, I got a bunch of texts, and I text all my clients and birthdays and stuff like that. So, um, definitely building that relationship with them. Yes, man, this is this is amazing. You are dropping some gems. So if you're a life insurance agent and you're watching this on um, Facebook, go ahead and put the fire emoji in there because you're dropping <laughs> some gems. And I want to drive that point home too. And, and the word is relationships. Right. And so often, you know, you look at your phone, you look at your emails, um, you look at your voicemail. Anybody that's coming in contact with you, they're taking things from you. Far too often is it someone that is looking to give you something and looking to put you in a better position. And when you extend that to somebody, number one, you stand out. And uh, number two, it really allows you to connect with that person because they really feel like you actually care about them. And I think that a lot of times in the industry, we can miss that with like hitting numbers and going to the next appointment. And sometimes, you know, you don't need to get a ton new people to talk to. Sometimes you just need to slow down and actually connect and talk with the, the people that you are. You could probably get, um, you know, a lot better results from that. So uh, I'm glad that you share that. And so um, I'm just curious um, as we transition What's the day in the life of a, a 400 family top producer? What, what's your day look like? I'm not going to lie. You know, the first year, because like I said, I, I started in April 2022. So it was, I had already in my mind missed quarter one, right? So I was like, I got to get on this. So my schedule might not be for everybody. I know there's parents out there, you know, spend time with your children. That's important. You know, there's people that have a lot of other responsibilities. But for me, it was more like sacrifice now that I have the energy in my 20s. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Enjoy life later. Yes. So for a while, while I was trying to sell, build a team, help them, make sure that they're successful, also learn. Like, I'm still learning a ton. Like, yes. I, I don't know at all whatsoever. <laughs> I'm still learning a ton. But for me, it was like, you know, waking up at 4.45 in the morning, I would go to the gym at 5.30, I would get out at like 6, 7, I'm eating breakfast, I shower, um, by the time it's like 8, 8.30, I'm dialing and, you know, doing follow-ups with carriers, clients, whatever the case is, and I kind of follow this, I, I call it a Jenga schedule, I don't know, it's, you know, Jenga, the little game that you put. Yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. 
And to me, you know, that agenda schedule is basically if I take something out of like the priority list, it's going on on the next day as a top priority. So anything that I didn't get done on the day prior, that's like my first thing on the list that I want to cross out. Um, and then from there, you know, I, we all have like three dial sessions. It's like I'm in the East Coast, so we do 8 to 11, 12 to 3. And then if you want to work extra and you haven't hit your goals, you do 4 to 7. Um, but that was pretty much my schedule for a really long time. And then once I realized I was close enough for Hall of Fame, but not close enough, <laughs> you know, I was just dialing even later, getting up earlier, just being really intentional about my schedule. So um, it's just giving it all you got for a short period of time. And then later on, you don't even have to worry about it. Yeah. And, and I'm glad you share that because I think that um, I want to dive a little bit deeper into that because I think that a lot of people and I, I just made a tweet earlier today is that people get mad at the results they didn't get from the action that they didn't take. And if you want to be great, there's a there's a sacrifice and a price that you have to pay. And I know a lot of people want to hit Hall of Fame, but I don't know if they're willing to to sacrifice and put in the hard work. Um, that you did and they may be at a level where they're doing 10 20 um 20k in a month but when did you really realize that okay this was in your grasp and you could really achieve this if you went hard yeah and it's funny you mentioned that because i you know i was just scrolling through social media and i saw it was eric thomas the preacher he said mm -hmm. no, et the hip-hop preacher shout <laughs> yeah. out to him yes um, oh my god i i watch this stuff sometimes in the gym that's all i listen to it's just him um, but it's like, you know, don't be mad at the results you didn't get from the work or actions you didn't do. And that was a big one for me. And I think I heard that back in like August because I was kind of letting foot of the gas and, and getting, I don't want to say complacent, but I was just like, oh, I'm burnt out, you know, and having that mindset of like, I'm tired. But then I was like, I work from home. I sit all day. Like, why am I burnt out? <laughs> so I was like, all right, let me get my act together and get back to it. But um, once I felt like I could actually do it, it was just... Honestly, you know, I'm a very result driven person. So for me to know that I got it is literally by just doing it. Yeah. And by doing it, getting that result and being like, okay, if I did it once, I can do it again and do it properly. And having people that hold you accountable is huge. And I know that, you know, my leaders, they hold me accountable when I start slacking. I have teammates that, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm slacking and they're going at it. You know, if they're on before me, I'm like, oh crap, I got to get it together <laughs> and, and do this. But, I think it was back in, so July, or no, June was my first big month. I think I helped like over 40 families. So it was like my, it was either like my second or third month. And I was like, okay, I, I have an idea of what I'm doing. Yes. This and, you know, and I think that that's when I started just going, going crazy after that. Right. So there's levels to this game, right? It's like, so like, what was your effort level um, in that month where you were doing, where you protected 40 families? It was the same thing. I mean, I was following the same schedule, but again, once you practice, you get better. So although I was having the same amount of conversations, my ROI or like my return, right, or, or, or my results at that time were a lot higher because of the fact that now I can actually talk to these people. I can put them in better situations because I know and understand better. 
Um, but not only that, it was a little bit more intention. So instead of being on, you know, those dial sessions that I was talking about, 8 to 11, um, 12 to 3, like sometimes I would do a couple dials if I got a sale, great. To me, it was like I'm going to intentionally call every single lead, work every single lead that I have, overwork every single lead that I have. And then from there, what I would have done with the same amount of leads in the past where it would have been like a couple sales, I was doing a lot of numbers consistently because I was very intentional about it. So it's just also mindset at that point. Hmm. Intentionality, which is very interesting. So you were already working, but you weren't working to your full capacity. And when you realize, oh, I did it this way and I protected 40 families. Now I'm ha I am got a shot to hit Hall of Fame. Now it's up to me. The only thing standing in the way is me. And if you have that mindset, it's like, okay, what do I need to do in order to, 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 to hit this? It's like, I need to go to work, right? So right. instead of just like making a couple of sales and then having senioritis and celebrating, right? You're like, okay, I am going to exhaust every single lead in here. And then obviously from that, you, you probably made more sales and then you exactly. double down even more and work even harder. And you save money. <laughs> yes, <laughs> for sure. Because you're getting more out of the leads that you have that you don't need to right. go and buy another batch. And I think that sometimes uh, life insurance agents do that, too, is they they trick themselves out of the work by blaming the leads or the mentor or the appointments that they have or the customers. And they never just look like, man, am I really working as hard as I can? Right. Um there was a, a story that Russell, Russell told me, my mentor, and he says that one time when um, his when he was younger, his dad asked him to wash his car and his dad's sitting on the couch and he goes out there and he washes the car and then he comes back in. He's probably like 12 years old and he's like, Dad, I'm done washing the car. Um, Won't you come out here and take a look at it? And he looked at and uh, Russell's dad looked at his son, at, at him at 12 years old and says, um, did you do a good job? And he and his dad, and he kind of looked. He's like, uh, "Are you finished?" That's what he said. Instead of, "Did you do a good job?" And he's kind of confused. He's like, "Yeah, Dad, come out here and take a look at the car." And he's like, "No, I don't need to take a look at it." He then asked him, "Are you proud of it?" And that's when Russell kind of turned his head to the side, and he's like, "So go back out there and wash the car until you're proud of it, and then when you're proud of it, that's when you're done." <laughs> and that's, that's kind of the message that um, I like to to kind of lead with, which is do the work, the effort that you would be proud of, right? And that's the entrepreneur uh, uh, challenge, that journey, because sometimes you don't feel like it. Sometimes you're tired. Sometimes you're not in the right space. But again, if you have a goal and you have signed that contract with yourself saying, hey, I want to hit Hall of Fame, then and, and you're so close that now is the time to hit it. So, um, yeah, I like that. Um, for sure. that's, a big, that's a big thing for me, too. It's just the whole, you know, being proud of it, because to a lot of people, they're like, oh, to FFL standard, this is that or to this standard, this is great. And, and then I'm like, but to my standard, I'm slacking. I don't know what you guys are talking about. So the whole being proud of it, I, I, I definitely am an overachiever. I love to. I'm like, OK, what's the best person doing? OK, I want to do that, <laughs> you know, so. Um, I definitely believe in that. That's that's a great a great story and a great analogy. Thank you for sharing that with me. Awesome, awesome. Well, um, so you, you learned a lot about yourself from entrepreneurship, going from from taking the LSAT to um, now uh, making amazing strides um, in your business. And so um, now there's another level that you got to go to, right? Okay. And so it's 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 leadership, retention, building a team, making sure that you got operations dialed in. So um, 
what have you learned right in the last you know three to six months that you realize that now there's another level that you have to go through what, what are your expectations for yourself now yeah so um process of building a team i was already building a team when i first started and i think like my very first mistake that i made early on in the business and you know gladly my leaders were there to help me fix it but it wasn't that i wasn't you know recruiting quality people because everyone I, I feel like can can do something as long as they have the right tools and the right mindset but for me it was like more so setting the i guess like the best expectations um you know letting people know this is you know the blueprint of what you need to do but also being there helping them through it just being like doing more one-on-one -on -one, hands-on work rather than like expecting everyone to kind of pick up things as like quickly as for example myself did everyone's mm -hmm. different Everyone has a different way of learning. You know, some people are visual, some people are more hands-on, other people are like, okay, just give me the material and leave me alone. So right. <laughs> it was learning all the different personality types and pretty much becoming that person to help every single every single person and help them be successful. Um, I was reading this book, I think it's like tribal leadership, or it wasn't one of the, you know, Harvard's leadership like studies. It was one of those two, but it was more like you as a leader, you have to be a toolbox because one tool is not going to work for every single situation. So you become the toolbox and then based on the situation and the person, then you become that to, to be able to help them and teach them. So I think that that was like another learning curve that, I mean, I'm still going through, still learning that. I mean, I think we all have the opportunity and space to learn, but that, that was the biggest thing for me was learning to speak different languages to help people and where they're at. Yeah, and it's funny that you mentioned that book because I'm kind of going through it too. So it's this funny uh, <laughs> how things align with the uh, like high performers, and that like that like you're always learning. You know, there's another level to go to. But as a leader, right, like you can't just use a hammer for every job. Like sometimes you need a <laughs> screwdriver, sometimes you need a mallet, sometimes you need spackle, whatever it is. You need to have these arsenals uh, in your toolbox, but you also need to to know your personnel, which is is key also, and and so. Um, with you going to 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 build your agency, that's gonna be one of the most important things because, you know, everybody may not be able to do it at the level that you do. And if you have high expectations for yourself, sometimes you have to notice that like maybe that isn't gonna motivate people um, that's the same way. And so that's very interesting. Um, well, as we kind of transition into the close of this, I I'm just curious, you know, if you at this point, if you were speaking to you know that younger Nicole is maybe you know, 18, thinking about coming into the business or maybe another agent that's thinking about, um, you know, coming aboard to this industry. Right. And she's kind of nervous about if she can do it. I'm just curious about what you learned about yourself and what advice you would give to that to that younger self. Oh, my God, I'm getting like emotional. <laughs> um, yeah, because as I was saying, I, I did, you know, lose my mom when I was 19. I was on my last year of school. Um, that's one of the reasons why I took a break and was studying for my LSAT. Took a gap year, that's what they call it. And um, I was so scared. I did not know what life had in front of me. I didn't know what to expect. And um, the biggest thing that I would tell myself, it's like, you're going to absolutely crush everything you put your mind to. You just have to be confident. So that's one thing about myself. I do doubt myself a lot and that can be the worst enemy ever. And after reading the book, Extreme Ownership, and knowing that it doesn't matter what you do, everything falls on you. Mm. And it's your fault if you succeed. It's your fault if you fail. Um, it's always on you to, to make that decision to be better and to change. And I would just tell myself, 
when, you know, looking at myself is like, don't doubt yourself. Because at the end of the day, if you don't have yourself, you will never have anything. You need to keep yourself, don't lose yourself, you know, can never pour out of an empty cup. You have to make sure that you're doing what you need to do to keep yourself sane, to keep yourself motivated, love yourself, and anything that you put your mind to, you're going to achieve because you're that. <laughs> yeah, you're that boss B. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. And so. yes, I just want to give you a hand for that because that's a strong message. And um, like I said, I was rooting um, for you and I'm, I'm so proud of you and the success yeah. that you have because it just gives you know, you know, more women, more younger ladies that 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 look like you and me, the ability to see what's possible, that they can go through the journey. Um, they can take the traditional route, change their mind if they want to. But but also if they're going through something right now, you can do anything that you put your mind to and don't ever doubt your ability to figure it out. So, yeah, just just want to thank you for for hopping on. Um, so if if there's life insurance agents or there's people that are looking to get in the industry and they love your story and they're watching this, because this will be shared to thousands and thousands of people. What, what's your Instagram handle or website where people can get a hold of you if they, they want to contact you? Uh, yeah, so it's uh, Nicole Rapol M. I know my my <laughs> my name is spelled differently, but it's N-I-C-O-L-E. R-I-P-O-L-L-M. And that's the best way to reach me on Instagram or, you know, shoot me over a text. Um, I'll give you guys my number. Just be gentle when I don't respond right away. I have a lot of things going on, but it is 954-865-3615. That's my number to reach me best. Um, and on that, I just wanted to say thank you for having me. And the last thing that I would say you know, as far as like thinking of what I would tell myself and everything like that, being an immigrant to the United States, being a female minority who lost their mom, you know, statistically speaking, I'm supposed to fail. Mm. And I didn't allow myself to do that because we're here to change that. And if that's you thinking that you have all these excuses or all these things, obstacles in your life, we're here to break chains and a lot of things are going to change. You just got to put your mind to it. So I'm excited to to be here and be able to share that. I really appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. And and thank you so much for for that message. And I know the viewers out there, you definitely get a a great sense of peace and hope uh, from this message. So, Nicole, thank you so much for being on. I definitely appreciate yeah. it. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Awesome. Well, yeah, guys, thank you so much for being on the Rainmaker podcast. And uh, I hope you found value um, in Nicole sharing how she was able to protect over 400 families and hit Hall of Fame. And so if you're watching this video just for entertainment, um, I just want to share with you that you can do anything that you put your mind to and always, always believe in your ability to figure it out. So keep fighting the good fight. We'll see you in the next podcast. Hey, I know you just enjoyed this video, but I've got a great one for you right here. Make sure you go ahead and click it right now and get a ton more of our free information that's going to show you how to go from zero to 100k per month.